You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Welcome to Faith and Fostering for another week. It's Trudy here and I have Mel and Danny, uh, pastors on the east coast of Australia. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Welcome. Trudy. Thanks. Thanks. So the original heart for us together, normally we would have actually asked three of you, one of one of us is sick, which is sad, uh, and that was Tara, but she also has a podcast in the first season if anyone's interested in hearing her heart and story. Um so the original heart for this podcast was for you ladies who are fostering with your husbands uh, and also pastoring your own churches, for you, for you ladies just to share your journey uh, and to tell us how you manage uh, pastoring and fostering together. <laughs> but little did we know that we were going to come on the eve of Foster Carers Week, which in, in Australia here is next week, and Foster Carers uh, Month is September. So we've got a good opportunity to share the heart of the church and, and hear from you ladies about the heart uh, from, the, from the leadership of some churches about how you motivate and encourage your, uh, your crew uh, into foster care, which will be great, which we'll talk a little bit about later. So in Australia, like we said, Foster Carers Week is September 11 to 17, and, and this is really the focus nationally to to celebrate foster carers, to recognise them and and just to really thank them. And I think the good thing is about this week is it raises awareness for the needs. Mm. Now, this is for the church and the, and the non-churched. This is something that you're going to see on the news. Mm. And I know ARC has a heart to share with churches in this week because it's so widely advertised. Mm. There's also another week in November, which they call Stand Sunday, which is a week across the globe uh, that really uh, turns our focus upon the orphan. Now, I think in the culture of Australia, we don't often use the word orphan, Mm. but I think fatherless, obviously we do. And so I think taking both opportunities to speak about it in our churches is really important. Um, But I'd love to get your thoughts on that later. I think to start with, I'd love to introduce each of you and I want you girls to tell me your stories who's in your family, Mm. you know, just share your biological children, the journey that it took for you to start fostering and pastoring, Mm. a little bit of a condensed version and we'll expand on it in a little while. Um, Let's go. Let's go, uh, Denny. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us who's in your family and how you guys, how long you've been fostering and pastoring for? Yeah, well, my husband James and I, we have five bio children um, ranging from 17 down to seven. And we have been, um, the senior pastors of our church for 13 years this year. And we did, um, youth ministry, youth pastoring before that. But, um, yes, we are a big full family of lots of, uh, different characters and lots of different, um, I guess personalities, but for us, there's always just been that uh, room for more, uh, yeah. for more. And even though we're pretty full, the feeling for us was just there's more for us. We can do a bit more. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's the thing, isn't it, when people actually say, oh, well, I've got, I've got three kids, I'll do it when they're older, mm. you know. You find that your heart 
if your heart's there, yeah. you can mobilise any amount of people, can't you? That's right, yeah. Thanks, Denny. What about you, Mel? Well, my husband and I, uh, my husband and I have three belly babies, is what I call them, <laughs> and they range from eleven to sixteen, and then three heart babies, and they range from six months old to eight years old. Uh, mm. Two of them being just twelve months apart, so I have two mm-hmm. babies under eighteen months, which has been a fun journey while pastoring. Uh, we've been the location pastors at our church for because uh, we're a part of a larger uh, church organization. So we've been the location pastors. This is our fourth year and pastored in this team for 14 years as assistant pastors, creative directors, all of the above, everything mm. that is in ministry <laughs> life, every department except kids so far, which is hilarious because that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing in home. <laughs> so that's been our journey. We've uh, been foster parents now only for 18 months. So mm. it's fairly new for us and we have more heart babies in our home than what was originally our plan but we fully are seeing that we've made our plans and god's ordering the steps (laughs) and they're different to what we first saw but absolutely loving the journey doing both to be honest pastoring and Mm. raising beautiful children yeah so i think for both of you obviously pastoring came first Mm. When was the moment in both of your journeys where you thought, okay, I'm going to do this? Were there people in your church that were already the forerunners in in foster care that you felt, you know, really inspired by? Or did this just come through you just going, wow, okay, I've got to do something and it was something that you started in your own church? For us, um, the backstory for us was that James and I, we when we first got married, um, we talked about having children and how it'd be great to have children. And then we, we had a real heart for ministry. And so we thought we can't have kids and be pastors. How's that going to work? And then the yeah. next conversation was, <laughs> I think we could do more um, if we don't have kids. Um, so maybe we should do that. So it was funny. We went camping one day and we wrote out a list of six kids. We wanted to have six kids. We wrote out the the names of these kids And then we just like crossed them off one by one and said, we can't have six kids. That's just ridiculous. And we crossed them all off. (laughs) And then both of us were just filled with this sadness of, oh, now we've got no kids. So anyway, before we even had kids, we were like dreaming of having kids, but I guess counting the cost of having kids. Um, For us, we had our our five kids. And as soon as um, we had pretty much birthed our fifth child our children then started asking for more children um and I was they also had that heart oh my goodness so our baby (laughs) is nearly eight um and we started fostering a year ago so for almost seven years six years we were just constantly asked all the time when are we having more kids when are we having more kids and we had decided we weren't going to have any more of our own children but for um, interestingly for me, uh, when we were going through COVID as a church and I guess trying to have some good um, church content online, one of the questions that I was asking myself was, um, I need some upskilling in emceeing and, you know, linking the, the sermon to the worship and all of this. And so I actually spent a few hours on YouTube Googling 
massive churches to watch their online content primarily for the purpose of watching how they did their linking and their emceeing work. And nothing was impressing me. Everything was, I just was like, nope, don't like it. Nah, too rigid. Don't like it. Nah, don't like that. Anyway, guess what I landed on? You ask. Well, thank you for asking. I landed on um, an interesting pod, uh, YouTube clip. Um, it was in ARC National Foster Care Week this time last year and it was at, from oh, Crossway, yeah, okay. Crossway Baptist Church yeah. and actually – Lucas, I just say that Lucas and yeah, um, Heather are actually pastors in that uh, in that church. Yeah, so oh, wow. Lucas was on this YouTube. So I'm watching this YouTube church video. I'm not on there to watch a sermon or to watch the worship. I'm literally just watching it for the MCing. The MCing was great, yeah. and I thought this is great. And then it just like seamlessly went into Lucas speaking about foster care, and my heart was just completely smashed to a million pieces in that moment and I just knew yeah and I just knew in that moment this is it it's time now we have to do something wow and 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 interestingly because I'm a pretty hyperactive person and I um, like to pump out good quality energy of lots of things but God had actually been speaking to me about um, having this thing called a b-grade life and um, just being able to be okay with things being messy, be okay with things not being wow. perfect, just doing a little yeah. bit. And so in that moment I'm hearing him call for the mothers and the fathers to come and to come alongside families to help them and to help these children. And um, and in on the other hand I'm thinking, and I can only do a little bit, but it's going to be enough and it's going to be okay. So wow. I love that. Yeah, so I, I showed my husband that. Um his video and he was just completely like bawling and it was it was on um so so you're saying before we hear from mel mm. you're saying that it was last foster carers week yeah and i only <laughs> picked that really, up that's, I, that's pretty amazing I, that yeah i didn't even know that we're doing it this foster cares week i only just wow. figured that out today because i went to look back for that youtube video um and i yeah. found it and it was national uh, foster care week yeah wow wow this is when you guys ended up stepping in yeah and so we made a phone call then to I know I know me too we made a phone call then to um my forever family in New South Wales um a couple of weeks later and then started the process of um, doing that and um yeah you've had like just so many children within the one year of being approved yeah get into those stories in a minute yeah. mel what do you are you similar to this or tell us about how you oh, guys it's been a long game for gray and i um yeah. before we had our children we didn't sit down with a list of how many we'd have <laughs> otherwise <laughs> we'd have two children <laughs> and that's it <laughs> um no legitimately my husband was quite happy with two kids and um however prior to us having kids of our own uh, it was on our heart to foster, and I can't tell you why, except maybe two kids who were in ministry all the way back then decided that if there was uh, huge amounts of children in the world who could use a mum and dad, why bring little ones in? We could, you know, look after little ones, you know, yeah. who needed it. That, that's where it started for us at 23 and 24 in our mm-hmm. hearts. Uh, so we did reach out to an agency at that time 
And at that time, advice that was given to us by the agency was that if we could uh, have children of our own, that the agency would look at us more preferably to have our own children first and be established parents. And so we took that as wisdom back then, all the way back then, because we didn't have children and began our own family, you know, what is considered the normal way or the way that was done then. And um, so we jumped in and had our three children and a little bit like Danny's story, our final uh, belly baby is a girl. And so she pestered us for the next <laughs> 10 years for mm. the next. And um, we felt like we were finished having our own children. And so every Christmas I would cringe as we'd go to the Santa photo that we, is mandatory in our house that every child, regardless of how old you are, must sit for Santa. Um, <laughs> hilarious tradition. But she would ask Santa for a baby sister oh, wow. every single year, wow. which yep. of course I just could not do. <laughs> shop shop. Um, oh yes, totally. And so I, you know, I tried to convince her with everything. We've bought all the dolls. It doesn't matter how real like they possibly could. And it never worked, but really she was just keeping that as seeding, I think for Gray and I every year. And hmm. in COVID, when everything closed down in 2020, we were fairly new to our location pastor role. And so as a church, we felt like we didn't have a lot to do uh, outside of pastoral care calls. There wasn't physically a lot we could do. And this is really rare in ministry. Mm -hmm. So we decided at the time it was time to get ready. Now that was seeded by my best friend uh, over the last five years my best friend works in a sector in hospitals that mm -hmm. looks after babies who go into care and then beautiful mums on their journey pre and post having bubbies and every single time there was a little one who needed to go to care and couldn't you know they couldn't take the journey with mum she would say to me every time mel i have a bub wow. and if you were just ready come on, get ready. And so in uh, the beginning of COVID, this happened yet again, a uh, specific one, and it was quite desperate, as we know uh, in fostering that at that time it became really, really desperate as mm. the world locked down. And so Gray and I said, it's time. We need to get ready. We need to stop hearing the story and not mm. being able to jump in mm. because we're not ready. It requires something of us. And so we took the lockdown months to get mm. totally equipped. So by yeah. the time we were coming out of those crazy lockdown seasons, Gray and I were ready. And that's a, a sort of our journey and how we jumped in. Yes. And a little bit like Danny, mm. one, well, I don't know that one was on your plan, but one was on our plan. <laughs> <laughs> and the last 18 months, that has evolved quickly. <laughs> Which is, which is quite interesting for you guys, uh, Mel, because you actually went from, you know, the three, the, the, the couple of biological children, mm, yes. belly babies, yep. and then yes. the first children that came into your care were, were forever babies. They were, yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All righty, ladies. So obviously it's not been, had, probably hasn't been a walk in the park. You both have done different things. Um, you've got babies that have come to you and stayed. Danny, you guys have had many people little 
cherubs and big cherubs come in and out. Mm. What sort of impact does this have on your family? So your family are obviously already used to this, you know, give, 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 give nature, mm. this serve, 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 where we're pastors of a church. Now you're also bringing that even more inside uh, and setting up a bedroom for mm. the more give, give, mm. give. How do your biological children respond to this? Yeah. Um, Has there been enthusiasm? Yeah. Has there been? When we told our children um, and that we were starting the fostering um, process, they all burst into tears and uh, it was an amazing, very amazing spiritual moment of them just like bursting into tears and you just feel like the warmth. And then one by one they left our little chat um, and then the older ones had more and more questions. Um, so mm. for us, We've had the blessing of all of our kids being completely on board, which I think is a miracle because um, there's a lot of them and they are, yeah, you know, old, bigger five. ones and younger ones. But yeah. um, I would say, I mean, with our one of our daughters, we said to her, we're going to use your bedroom as our guest room now so we can either turn the movie room into a bedroom for you or you can bunk down um, with Miss 12 and that's up to you whatever you want. We didn't, we weren't going to rush that decision. We didn't want her to feel pushed out of her bedroom, but we did have to, Mm. we did have to have another bedroom. And so, um, yeah, she chose to bunk in with her sister. So we actually in, at the end of our house, we have four bedrooms and three of those bedrooms have bunk beds in them. So they're quite packed. Um, I would say with each, we do um, emergency um, care and we've chosen that because um, I don't know how our kids would go with short-term care um, at this stage and I'm still just waiting to hear if the Lord's going to like say, actually, this is what I want you to do. But for us, we thought, originally we thought respite. Our heart was actually to come alongside a carer or two or three or four and say we would love to be able to um, have your children into our home for a weekend a month. And just to be able to give you a break, that was like actually our, that was our plan. And then that very quickly changed to emergency. We do emergency care now. But I would say with every placement, there's been a clash. Like at least one of our Mm -hmm. children have clashed with the children that have come in. And we've Mm -hmm. had siblings come in. So we can have either um, with our agency, we can have one child so that we're at the maximum of six children or we can have two if they're siblings. So we've had two each time. And, yes. yeah, there's been a clash with our first placement. There's a clash with one of our children, our next one. With our next one, the clash was that they were babies and so the clash was clamouring over who could um, do what with the babies. And then with our um, yeah. last um, emergency placement, yeah, the clash with our youngest was epic, was really epic. Mm. So, um and that they do wear that cost, don't they? Yeah, they do. As well as, as, well as we do. Yep. And I what say to our feel? kids, um, we have like little chats as we're going along the placement. Um, how are you finding this? How are you finding this? How's it going? What do you need? What do you think we need? What can, you know, and we have a chat and then it's amazing. Like the kids will say, I think we need to help play with the kids a little bit more. Or I think I can make dinner or, and we actually say to our kids, this is a family, this is a family ministry. So we're all in it. Um, what can you do? We don't want you to do something that you don't feel comfortable with doing. And we just have to just monitor it like that. 
I think that shows respect. I think that shows respect as, you know, you guys are pastoring. They're, they're already, oh, yeah. you know, giving in so many circles. Yeah. And to have people come into their own home, I think that just shows that you do yeah. do fostering as a family. Is this your heart, Mel? Is this the oh. same as what you guys do? Yeah, we are different kind of carers. So we put our hands up. Um, I love I love hearing Danny's story because it's so beautiful to hear that God calls people to different things mm. and oh the amount of care we did a little bit of respite before we received our beautiful first forever baby but um the need is so massive mm. for people who do care for long periods of time with a lot of children to have that respite and emergency mm. and really incredible homes for that but we put our hand up for long care uh, at the beginning, uh, our foster care training moved our heart far beyond what we thought when we came in. I, I loved our training uh, as Graham and I entered it with preconceived ideas and expectations and what we'd set as our boundaries. For our children, it was a different journey knowing that we were originally signing up for a long care. So we spoke to our kids honestly about it. They were unanimous in yes for the journey. And um, it, it was, to be honest, it felt really easy in the season that we chose to do so. We were quite comfortable as a family, which you kind of know that God does something when you're in comfortable spaces, <laughs> usually shifts it up then. Um, and so we were well and truly ready, well and truly uh, wonderful season for our family to take on. We knew we were taking on somebody in a different age bracket, much littler. Mm. And so the, the honest truth on how it impacted our children when we began the journey was that um, I thought that our family was more blessed than what the little one who came into our care was, mm. for I have two teenage sons. And so mm. I, in a season where they were just starting to get quiet and mm. recluse and want to mm. hang on their own or just together, it drew them out of bedrooms. Mm. And mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like I had, uh, well, I still feel like I have a seven and eight year old son as opposed to mm. a 14 and a 16 year old sons wow. um, because it just drew out the young man and the father in them at the same yeah. time. Wow. So that now they're on the floor and I can't, sometimes I see the young boys that I raised and sometimes I see my husband <laughs> in mm. them. So they're sort of vacillating between the two, but that's the impact it had on my children. But since then, our journey has evolved to having not just babies, but an eight-year-old in our home. And um, that is, I, I loved how you described the clash, Danny. Um, I would say more than a clash, we started to have a comparison journey mm -hmm. between two of our children, uh, where they were, obviously, eight is very different from baby stage. And I noticed the it's done this way or it's done that way and there is no other options and it was a beautiful moment for our one of our biological children to walk the journey of opening their hearts mm. being flexible we we have sort of a, a mantra we say in our homes that we have flexible hearts flexible hearts mm, yeah. really work on this journey mm. and flexible hearts are willing to learn and willing to grow and have their capacity to love grow 
um, which today looks so different. Uh, we're taking a journey of reunification shortly mm. with this beautiful little one in our care and, and in our family. And I can see how far we've come in eight mm. to nine months of this journey of literally like having to open one of my children, having to open their heart up mm. and bring in a sibling that could be forever in our home, but might not mm. and take on a beautiful little one. And now doing the opposite in releasing yeah. that love, you know, it's huge, but I can see the journey that's been taken. And so for that child in my home, they're a greater human, I believe mm. a better they've been equipped to love in a whole different way yeah. to be able to take people in and love and also then release them into mm. their next. It's a huge yeah. journey to also be able mm. to teach your children how to grieve well, isn't yeah. it? And because yes. I think that when you have that opportunity, because grief something that's inevitable, isn't it? You'll either have yeah. a pet pass away, you'll have a child leave your care, your, a parent will be sick later on in life or, you know, something will happen where we have to grieve. So mm. I find that pass, um, not pastoring, fostering allows mm. us for it with our biological children to kind of come alongside them as they, I suppose, work it all out and work mm -hmm. out how to do it well. We hope you enjoyed part one of this Faith in Fostering podcast. You can tune in for part two next week. And in the meantime, let's remember, every child deserves a family. Love this podcast? If you're a regular listener of Faith in Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge, but it isn't free to bring to you. So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support.